Hello, good evening, and welcome to another edition of the Cantina Mickey's podcast. My name is John Jagu. Glad to have you with us on this Monday evening, uh, the first Monday after the first game that Gerardo Tata Martino coached for Mexico, which turned out to be a 3-1 win there in the beautiful San Diego, which, as we all know, means Saint Diego, for those of you that don't speak Spanish. Happy to have you with us here on the Cantina Mekis podcast. We have a lot to get to tonight. Uh, we did have a presence there in San Diego last week. A couple of folks joined, uh, did some uh, research for us. That's a recon, went down there, went to San Diego and uh, looked at everything and anything that was involved with uh, Tata Martino and his players and Chile and the fans and the tailgating and the, the press box and the press box food, et cetera, which, we'll, which we will get into here momentarily. But glad you guys are joining us. We are live on YouTube as we are. Uh, normally I'm driving, but uh, 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 tonight I've decided to uh, forego the driving and stay here in a, in a lovely hotel in north of Dallas uh, after my, uh, my work. And I will be here for the rest of the week, so we'll probably have a couple other podcasts that we can do later this week, probably even one tomorrow after Mexico plays uh, Paraguay at the at the scene of the crime up in uh, San Jose at uh, Levi's Stamatch, I guess, Santa Clara, to be more precise, in Levi's Stadium there in Northern California. But without further ado, let's get right to it. Let's get right to our guest panelists uh, joining us as always is Joel Aceves joining us from Southern California. Joel, how are you, sir? Doing very good, John. Very good. It's been a good week. Chivas won their friendly against the mighty Zacatepec, which saw the return of Chofis, who had a goal and an assist. And uh, Tata kicked off his era with a pretty good win against Chile. He did. He did. He did. Uh, it was, uh, you know, not the, not, not the, not, you know, certainly not the best game, but certainly not the worst game at all. And, uh, you know, there were a, a couple of things that uh, no, I didn't get to watch the, the full first half, and I did watch the second half. And I did watch the uh, El Tri en Sesenta on uh, on Univision Deportes, so I, I feel like I can actually talk about the game, which usually isn't the case here in the Cantina Mekis podcast, because let's be honest, uh, not all of us have, have time to watch all nine Liga Mekis games uh, over the course of the weekend, but uh, we did make time to watch the uh, the Mexico matches, and you were there in San Diego, Joel, now, now you and, and, and Juan Uribe, Profe, Profe Gamarrayas, um, went down to San Diego. What time did you actually leave the, the greater Los Angeles area? What time did you and, and, and Profe meet up to make it down to well, San Diego? In true Profe fashion, we left late again. Except we were supposed to leave in midday at 12 to avoid traffic. Uh-huh. We ended up leaving at 2, 2 p.m., <sighs> So, and it took us three hours because we hit traffic. <laughs> so, three, three, three hours to go, what, 60 miles? Pretty much. Uh, so, yeah, we got there at five. 
and didn't have, you know, as much free time as we would have liked. We hung out a bit with, with Ivan, Afrosander, and his friends of the Corazon Azteca. Right. So that was, that was, that's always fun. Did, uh, did, 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 did you have a beer? Were you, were you enjoying it? Uh, yes. If, yes, I had. Now, I had a few, that, actually. Knowing that you were coming, did, did they, did they have ample supply of the chemise that I know? Oh, no, they didn't have that. That, that you... They did not have that type of beer, John. You had to drink Miller Lite? No, no, uh, Asahi. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. Asahi, Asahi. Oh, the, the, the Japanese? Yes, beer. very good. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's not bad. It's not bad. It, it's no Shimei. It's, it's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, profit, man. But at least we didn't, we didn't miss out on the food. So, so let me understand. So, you take it takes you three hours to get down, and then you go to a to a, to a Corazon Azteca tailgate, right? Yes, sir. Yes. Which, which sounds to me like like they have like the maypole with the little Guerreros flying up on the top. You know, it's it's so Mexican, and you know they're playing uh, La Negra, and uh, you know they just have this all this all this just extreme Mexicanisms at this tailgate, and then and then they give you Asahi beer. Well. Those guys, those guys had other beers. It was it was one of those guys that he was, he came down from Tijuana, and um, he he made a quick pit stop to load up on beer, and he said it was uh, it was like an Asian market, so that he just grabbed the Asahi and just brought it. But it's because beer, man. I'm not gonna say no to a beer, huh? There's 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 so few Mexican markets and. Southern California that I'm sure that uh, or, or the fact that you know there's hardly any no well, he was he was getting store. late too because uh he arrived he arrived after us wow so we were hanging out and there was a couple dudes they were scattered around you know so everyone has their own beer stash and right. uh you know this this hero shows up John because he, he, he's a hero, man. Because he he showed up with his with a case of beers and and offered. Because uh, before that, you know, well, guys were were I guess keeping their like... their uh, Corona familiar and whatnot. They were running low and they weren't they weren't in the best of sharing moods. So after after the five kawamas that they had there in the cooler. They had another cooler with 10 kawamas, and they didn't want to give up any of the kawamas because they had, like, 20 more left in the car. Like, we're running out of kawamas. Yeah, I don't... <laughs> they, yeah, but... Yeah, I don't know what was going on right there. Maybe we weren't in the in the section with all the beers. So so, so, so you have a few beers. That, yes. That, that they, were they serving food? Did you have, like, some carnitas? Or, no, they didn't. They Cal- didn't, like... The little group we were at, they weren't, because I'm saying this, this, this group was like spread out in two, in two sections of the parking lot. And, uh, they hadn't, cause sometimes you go in, in like these big groups, they're like in one right. big, you know, they're all, they're all in the same area and they're doing tamborazo and whatnot. These guys were like scattered around and, 
they were about to do like a march, I guess, into the stadium, which I don't know if they did it. Because, uh, you know, we had been there late and we needed to go pick up our press pass and, and see if we could, we could, you know, get, get something to eat. Get the get the free food up in the press box. Yes, sir. Very important. Yes. Very important. It's okay, so, it's half the so experience. You, you you have a few beers, you 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 slam down some asakis. And and then you 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 ligar a little bit, you mingle, you know, you uh try and uh, make time with a little uh with a little girl from Nayarit. But it doesn't work out. And so you and you and the prophet then decided to leave. Now, was the prophet was he slamming the asakis too, or was it just you? Wait, what? I don't get the Nayari reference. Well, I'm just you know, no, no Nayari reference. I mean, you know, you're you know, you're trying to. Well, I forget you're a married man now, so I I, I can't I can't say that. So you were you were keeping to yourself. You were being very polite, very uh, very 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 social, but uh, at the same time a little standoffish because you know you have the band of gold on your finger, so that's. Uh, you know uh, that, that that's that that's the keep away sign for for the ladies. For some ladies, however, that's a sign that says, you know, you know, some some ladies can interpret that as well. That's open for business. Oh. But uh, you know that, that that's a story for another part. Yeah. So uh, there was was the was the prophet was he was he slamming the asakis too? Can, or just... Cantina after dark. Um, no, yeah, he drank. He drank as well. He had right. a few. So the, both had you a... guys show up box and you guys have asaki on your breath. Yeah, and you and you and you get and you go and you go and you sit down and you set up, and what did they serve in the press box for for, for the folks listening? They had chicken. They had they had a Caesar salad, and they had like a chicken breast with um some type of topping. I I can't remember though what it was. Like a gravy, it's, it's like topped with gravy and and some vegetables, and uh, and then they had some cookies. Like chocolate chip type cookies, uh, right? But it, it, so a little better. I'll see it. Yeah, but but le- like less food overall because usually they have like coffee and then you could get, you know, they have the coffee thing. You could you could like reload, right? And and they'll have a bit more dessert. Uh, they had very little. <laughs> this is very little, and and. Uh, their soda fountain was broke. No, no. So well, no just water, huh? No one plays there anymore. I mean, I, know, that's I don't... five games a year there at the, at the stadium now. So. Yeah, they said out of service. They had two two soda fountains, like, like you know, like at the restaurants. Yeah. And out of order, and they had water. They just had some water right there. And that was it. Huh? And now that press box, you know, for, for the folks who don't know, that's an open-air press box. So San Diego, as, as as I as I am a, a witness, can get pretty chilly at night. So if you don't if you don't bundle up, it's a, you know it, it could be pretty rough for folks. Yeah. So no, luckily I was I was well prepared, Yon. Now you you know you know how chilly that that press box can get. So you had your you had your little sweater with you. Did, did you look like Mister Rogers there, Hoyle, with your little sweater on and? Your shirt all buttoned up. You are professionally dressed, and and, and you and the profe are crammed into the into the, into the corner where you can't see the 
the right the right goal. Well, was was the goal that that you were blocked had an obstacle for you? Was that the goal where all the goals happened? <laughs> no, that was profe. Oh, that was profe. Oh, so you guys were separated? No, we were. We were like in the same area, but his seat was like like on the edge. So I had enough space where I could still see, and he just he couldn't see the porteria because it's on a, it's like at an angle. It's not straight. Right, it's because like it's, curves. It's, it's, a baseball, it's a baseball stadium, so really the 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 the, the press box there is like quote unquote behind home plate there at the because uh, I remember I, I did a game there back like ten years ago and. Our radio booth, like, was just to the left of the press box, so we're like way in the end zone. So you know, like, all the action happened way on the other end of the field. So it was, it, it was kind of a pain for us to to uh, call a game there because you know when you're on the radio and you have to you know figure out what yard line you're on if you're, you know, if you don't have a good horizontal view, and it, it's uh, it can get a little difficult. So, so Profe was crying. You know, you see if if, if Profe wouldn't have cambiado his rayas, I think they would have been given a better seat. But because they know that he's a little bit of a turncoat, then no, we got to put the Cavarayas over here on the, in the corner. But just so you know, nobody nobody puts Cavarayas in the corner. So we'll have to make sure that that doesn't happen again. Oh, okay. Um, so that, the seed wasn't that bad, though. I mean, if you, sat, if you stood up, there was like a... A side, a side thing, like a booth type. I, I can't explain it. Right. And uh, so I went up there to watch because I, I prefer watching it like standing up. Right. And and well, that area was, man, it was like, I guess because it was close to the entrance, but it was like a happening area because uh, couple couple known, couple known uh people ended up in that. Like back there, uh, so the standing room only area. Yeah, it was like a standing room area, and so I saw like, right. like uh, Oswaldo was there. Professor, I didn't. He kept like saying, "Hey, look, look," but it's like I've seen him before, Yon. I don't get starstruck. Profe, profe was like, you know, I only get starstruck. See you, Joel. I mean, that, that's really when I get starstruck. <laughs> so. So, I mean, but he was there briefly. Uh, Feitelson was hanging out back there for a bit. Uh, yeah. yeah, a bunch of people going up to him taking pictures, which uh, you you know that a lot of times these are people that got in. Someone got him accredited just so they could go in for free. Right. Because a lot of the yeah. journalists, you, 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 you see each other because you're always working. So you right. you get to know who are the journals for what. Because, I mean, you're always seeing them. Uh, so I could tell that there were some people there that uh, they they were just a popular guy, man. I was telling Prophet go sneak up behind him and punch him and punch him in the head. Punch him in the but, back uh, of the head. Yeah, like the Cuauhtémoc. But he wasn't feeling it, man. He wasn't feeling it. Ah, oh, can't be right, yes. Such yeah. Disappointment. Yeah, and then uh, who who else? I saw I saw a few others. Um, I think I saw we saw a Girafa de Anda. 
I don't know if he was back there. I can't remember. But uh, there was a few a few people we we ran into. Uh, Cantu, Memo, Memo Cantu, and uh, whatnot. Who, who apparently is on the outs. Apparently, the, like his his uh, his tenure is going to be over. And uh, what I heard was that Gerardo Torrado is going to take over for him, which frankly I'm thrilled about. Oh, that's the other guy I saw. Yeah, he was there. He was there too. Yeah, Torrado. No, no, you know what? That you mentioned it's already I didn't mean to cut you off, but I never saw them together. Doesn't surprise me. I mean, I think that uh, you know Gerardo is obviously being groomed for to be a, a very, a very up and up in the in the Femex booth. You know, and and, and 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 frankly, it stands the reason. I mean, you know, he's had a a career that that, that a few Mexican players just haven't had. You know, he. Uh, you know, left at a very young age, uh, you know, you know, played, played in Europe, came back, was on the national team for, you know, what, 10 years and and, and played solidly for, you know, 10, 12 years. Uh, it's just, has just been a, an outstanding player in, in his own right, you know, scored a world cup goal, had a, you know, he had, he, he was a, a pelon and then he was a hippie and then he kind of went back to his, uh, you know the reasonable hair he has now, but he's been a. It's uh, it, 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 it's good to see a guy like that who, in my opinion, has earned the right to make decisions when it comes to the, the uh, sporting interest of the national team. You know, based on a guy who's actually been in that position. Uh, I'm not saying the Memo Cantu hasn't, but I mean Memo Cantu to me, is is a guy who's 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 there just because he knows people. And, uh, you know, he didn't necessarily have the greatest career. You know, he was on, you know, he, he did play on the national team for, you know, whatever reason. I mean, you know, it was, uh, you know, it wasn't, I mean, you know, good Lord. So, uh, you know, if, if if he is on the outs, which, which frankly wouldn't surprise me if he is, then, uh, you know, uh, you know, Gerardo Torrado, would, it, it, to me, in my opinion, is a more than capable replacement for, uh, you know, whatever Memo Cantu did. And, uh, you know, to me, Memo Cantu, I've told you this many times, to me, it was nothing more than a glorified travel agent, you know, at one point in his, in his career. So, but it was interesting to say that, that, that like, they, they were totally separate. So they were never in the same room together at the same time. So there's obviously some sort of. Yeah, well, just the times I saw them, just, just the times I saw them. I mean, I don't know. I don't know throughout the day, but the times I saw them back there, yeah. They weren't. They were next to each other. Now I'm. I'm curious. I wanted to find out your uh, your opinion on what the what the what the temperature is of the of the of the. You know, you said that the, the entirety of the the Mexican soccer uh, press community, both English and Spanish, what 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 their take was on, on on having Tata Martino as coach, because it seems to me and. This is just, you know, it's, I haven't had a chance to experience it just yet, but I have, I did experience the, you know, you know, the, 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 the Chepo and the, and the, uh, the Vasco and the uh, Herrera, I'm trying to think now, and, and the Osorio. And uh, it seems to me that there is a lot of uh, fawning going on over 
Tata Martino, like they think that he's, uh, you know, hounds the moon, that he's just, you know, the greatest thing since, you know, since, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the World Cup in color for the first time in 1970, just as, you know, a guy who apparently at, at this point can do no wrong. And again, th- this is just my own personal impression of how the media is treating Tata Martino. And it makes me wonder if he was if he was from from Ecuador, instead of being from Argentina, if he would merit the same kind of respect and response that he's gotten so far from the Mexican press. Well, I agree, but at the same time, if he was, if he had the same, if he had the same like results, the same cartel, uh, I don't think he would have the respect. If he had like coached like the Argentine national team in Barcelona, and if he had all that, then again, if he wasn't, he probably wouldn't have gotten that. <laughs> he would, you know? Right. So, so everyone, everybody loves Tata. And then Mexico goes on to win 3 1. And, uh, you know, a couple of things about the game that I found very interesting. Uh, the first one was every time Mexico scored the goal and they would show Tata on the sideline, he would turn around to his coaches and he'd, you know, open up both arms like saying, hey, you know, come on, come hug me. And they'd all have like this really cute little group hug, which I thought was adorable. <laughs> you know, and I also noticed, Hoy, that, that I, and I haven't like, looked at the list of his coaches, but I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a limb and, and I could be wrong and say that most of his coaches are from Argentina, his assistants. And yeah. that, again, and it does not bother it does not bother any of the Mexican press, the same press that went on and on and on and on and on and on and on about Osorio's Colombian assistance. So, Hello? Again, yeah, that is yeah. that is the bias. That is in the pretty Yeah. So, you know, for those folks who uh who say that the, that the criticisms about Osorio were based on, you know, his history and his this and his that is, is, is just a big bunch of bull. The, the reason that the Mexican press had a huge bug up their ass about Osorio more than anything else was because he was Colombian. And for folks to say otherwise, uh, they're just losing themselves. And, you know, everything okay, Hoy? It sounds like you're, uh, <laughs> it sounds no. like you're watching the Highlander, the Highland games. No, it was it was um some game I had running in the laptop. But I is that is that ringtone when, when Ron when Ron sends you a text? <laughs> I should make it. I should make it mine. Um you know, I I think with Osorio his track record, because he had been in Puebla and he, he did not look good. Um and then he had he was coming from MLS, same as Martino. Hey, but this guy was coming in as as a champion, you know. Right. I I just think, uh, and and then just overall, man, I I don't know, seems to have just rubbed rubbed people the wrong way, which is what happened with him leaving Paraguay, which I, I'm disappointed because I I really wanted him. I, tomorrow I wanted to see. Him leading Paraguay playing Mex. I don't know why, but I was looking forward to that. Uh, and he had to quit because a big section of the press 
and, and uh, people involved with the Paraguayan FA kept attacking him. So it's like, I wonder if, if it is just, you know, how he comes across. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean, uh, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, uh, you know, Ricardo Osorio. I'm sorry. Good lord, Ricardo Osorio. Juan Carlos Osorio. I got my Osorios mixed up. You know, at his press conferences, you know, he would he would answer the question. You know, he was very deliberate in his answer, and, and he was very analytical, and he spoke. You know, he dropped a lot of uh, $10 words about this and about that. And, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of people found his his mannerisms you know, very patronizing. And again, you know, if, I honestly believe that if, if that would have been, you know, if, if Juan Carlos Osorio was from Argentina or from Brazil or, you know, or even from, you know, Uruguay or Chile, then I don't think people would have had a big problem with it. But to me, the, the biggest problem was, you know, especially you know, the folks in the press were like, you know, you know, the, you know, what does this Colombian know about soccer that I don't know? And and and, and I do think that that was uh, that that had a lot to do with it, whether people want to admit it or not. You know, it's funny. I was reading my, my a friend of the show, Martin de Palacio, wrote a a very long uh, little tweet storm about. The, the, the tenure of, of Juan Carlos Osorio because he was one of Juan Carlos Osorio's uh, I'm gonna say fan but you know you know biggest supporters I guess he was someone who uh, wasn't as, as negative as others and when it was all said and done someone asked him well what, what grade do you give him he said I give him a six uh, you know which is barely passing which, which to me it's like you know that, that 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 just proves the point of what everyone was saying about the guy is that he was he was all talk and no action and, and when the time came to make you know the the critical decisions in the critical games. He 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 did not he did not deliver. And uh, you know, in, in my opinion, I think Juan Carlos Osorio wasted probably Mexico's greatest generation since the late '80s, early '90s, in what would have been a relatively um, well, obviously a, a much clearer path to. You know, making a deep run into the World Cup tournament with 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 the Sweden game. I mean, it just it, it, it boggles my mind how he he spends his entire World Cup preparation as far as the friendlies and the teams they choose. You know, teams that that play were so like minded with how Sweden played, and then decides to go completely against what he was thinking in that game for whatever reason. And uh, yeah, just uh, it was not the. Uh, it was not the uh, the best the uh, best of results. I think it could have been it could have been a lot better. But that's over done with. We have Tata Martino now. Mexico wins three one against uh, against Chile. And uh, the other thing, Joel, that I thought was really interesting about the game, and this was just one play, and I think that it was it was a, it was a very exemplary of, of what we might expect to see from Tata Martino more so than from. Uh, Osorio, I think when it comes to differences in philosophy, uh, there was a play, I, I think it was in the second half, where uh, Hector Moreno uh, just 
pushed up and he was the and he was you know the, he made a run and he served up a, a cross that, that ended up uh, I think he went ended up going to a corner kick you know it didn't you know nothing much came of the play you know as far as a result but the fact that that's your central defender is pushing up on the wing and crossing the ball to me tells me that the players have a certain liberty to do make moves when they think the time is, you know, you, you know, to read the game, oh man, I could really take advantage of the situation and do that. And I don't think that we've seen that. You certainly didn't see it under Chepel. And maybe you saw a little of it under, 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 under uh, Herrera and uh, definitely didn't see it under Osorio. But, but I think that that's something that we will, that we will see under, uh, under Martino where he gives the players a certain amount of liberty to, you know, if they read the game correctly to, you know, to, to, Hey, take a few, take a few risks, which you know. Again, you know, if that happens, then you know the players have to back them up, and and, and that's exactly what happened. I think that the one who ended up ultimately playing the center back at that time, when Moreno made his run, I think was Andres Guardado. So um, it was uh, it was very refreshing to see, frankly. And and to me, the other the other the other takeaway that I have from the and this was even, even kind of a spillover from the Osorio days. Is that Mexico, in my opinion, is, is is at its best. They they are so much stronger and more dangerous as a counterattacking team than anything else they do. You know, possession. You know, I know a lot of fans like the possession game, and oh, we had the ball for seventy three point two percent. Who cares? If you're not going to score a goal, I mean, if you're not going to score goals, then why bother having the ball? But counterattacking, on the other hand, they are just they can be absolutely just lethal. And I think that that is an area where I don't think Tata Martino will have any hesitation to exploit. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of ways that you can control the game. And you can even, believe it or not, control the game without the ball. And having a lethal counterattack is going to be one of those ways. And I think that's something that uh, that Tata Martino, I think, saw as a really damage with this. And uh, it's something that we've been you know, clamoring for here at the Cantina Mexico podcast for years with all the speed that Mexico has, why wouldn't they want to, you know, try and counter a little more? It's just, uh, you know, it, I mean, well, I mean, case in point, the two goals that Mexico scored in the, in, in, during the run of play in the World Cup were counterattack goals. So hopefully we'll see more of that. Yeah, tomorrow. We will see. We will see more of that tomorrow, Yon, in the match against Paraguay. Because Mexico plays uh, Paraguay tomorrow. You know, Joel. The last time Mexico played Paraguay in an official match, uh, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, was in the 2007 Copa America, and uh, it was uh, Hugo, Hugo Sanchez was Mexico's coach. They had just beaten Brazil. And they beat Ecuador in the tie Chile, so they were the, they won their group. There was there was the quarterfinal. They were playing Paraguay, and uh, Tata Martino was 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 Paraguay's coach. Neri Castillo earns a penalty in the first like was it five ten minutes of the game. Uh, the go the goalkeeper gets red carded. Tata Martino makes a decision as to someone that they had to replace, and for some crazy reason he replaces his central his uh, central he takes out his central midfielder instead of a forward, and Mexico goes on to just rip them 6-0. Bold, bold move from Tata, but uh, luckily for us, he's 
He's come a long way since. He has. I mean, and, and he went a long way with Paraguay because they ended up, you know, being quarterfinalists in South Africa and came within, you know, you know, probably at least in the knockouts had had the best chance. I mean, they they had they had Spain on the ropes and they uh, they took their swing and, and they weren't able to finish them off. And that was that. yeah, and they were missing a goleador in um, Cabañas. That's when he got. You know, going into that World Cup, so when he got shot in the head, and uh, the only reason I remember is because uh, our good friend Tom visited Cabañas in in Asuncion, and he wrote he wrote a pretty good article uh, on on what's been going on with with the striker. But that was that was pretty tough, you know, for them to miss to miss out on that player. He had been a you know, he could have been a key player or integral part of that team. Yeah, I mean, obviously what happened to Cavallas was was a tragedy. And then, you know, the other forward that they probably could have leaned on was uh, uh, Roque Santa Cruz. But, you know, at that point, Roque was broken Santa Cruz. So he was just... <laughs> he's been... Yeah, he's he's been broken Santa Cruz for quite a while. Um, And... I don't know, Cardoso, was Cardoso on his last legs or was he no longer, no, was he no, no he longer? Was, was, I mean, the, the, the guy that they ended up using, I can't remember what the guy's name was, but it was just, yeah, I mean, you know, they had, you know, and, and, and you know, at that time, in 2010, the, uh, you know, the, the Paraguay uh, national team, you know, the base of it was, was Liga Mekis players and even, even Dario Verón, who, who didn't figure that much in that World Cup, did play in that Spain game. He was one of the reemplazantes of a guy who had a yellow and had the game of his life against uh, against Spain. It just, uh, you know, you know, like I said, it just it didn't work out. But, you know, Tata Martino, you know, he... You know, if he can take if he can take Paraguay to uh, to a quarter, and they had a tough group too, and it wasn't like 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 they were you know they kind of slept through. I mean, they had they 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 beat out Italy, and it was Italy and Slovakia that ended up. I'm sorry, it was Paraguay and Slovakia that ended up surviving that group, and uh, New Zealand uh, had three draws, so they had they had three points and they came in, in, in last place. That that's how tough that group was. So that that's where we are with uh, with that. Now tomorrow, who they're up in they're up in uh, in Santa Clara playing Paraguay, and uh, you know chances are pretty high that we're going to see a, a different group of players. Um, I personally would have probably played all the Europeans in the first game, just so that they could fly back to Europe and you know get get ready to go back in their clubs because. As 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 opposed to in previous years, where most of the guys were just riding pine and you know making the occasional uh, substitute appearance for their for their club team in Europe, most of the European guys are are starting, thriving, and and, and playing very well for their clubs, which is uh, something that's that's uh, that's different than what we've seen in uh, in the past. So I personally would have preferred, and also. You know, it, it helps the the relationship that the national team and the FMX would would have with these teams to, uh, you know, because uh, it, it's there's gonna be a lot of games coming up for Mexico, 
I was under the impression that some of the guys did fly back. Uh, I don't. I haven't read or any anything to that. Yeah. Effect, but a bit, but but if you have, then I'll take your word for it. No, no, I haven't. I just thought they were, because uh, I knew that the players that didn't get playing time or much playing time were gonna start against Paraguay, and we already seen Jonah, for example, will be in the starting lineup. Uh, and uh, well, I saw the starting lineup earlier. Uh, projected starting lineup. But I, I did, I mean, I haven't followed up on it, but I did thought he was going to send back, that he was going to send back uh, all the European-based players. Um, here it is. So Gudinho, for example, he's, he's expected to get the start. I mean... So, I mean, if you're Memo, why, why even stay? <laughs> uh, right. I guess, but I mean, I, I guess he's trying to build, he's trying to build a group and he's trying to win over the locker room. So that could be it. Uh, Layun, Arajo, Reyes, and Sanchez, uh, four-man backline. Gallito Vasquez in midfield along with Eric Gutierrez and Jonah Dos Santos in up top. Lainez, Chicharo, and Alvarado. Yeah, like I said, I mean, why? Why, uh, I mean, I mean, I personally would have preferred to have Chicharo and Lainez play in the last one. And uh, and then go ahead and send them back, but you know, what do I know? But uh, yeah, so we'll see how that. So you know, they they do that, and then they have to fly from. You know, so and here's the other thing that that just drives me crazy about about Liga about the next group. Okay, I understand how to play these games. Yes, I get that. You understand that most of your players, your good players at the very least, are going to play these games. So why on earth can't you just schedule these games like in Atlanta or Charlotte or, you know, Miami, you know, you know, somewhere on the East Coast so these guys don't have to, you know, fly an additional five hours just to get over to California. That, that That's the part that I can't get past. You know, why, why play these in I mean, I mean, honestly, are you, are you really are you really going to open up new markets in San Diego or Santa Clara? You you have San Diego, Santa Clara, you know. So just, uh, I would prefer that when they have you know this this particular group of Fecha FIFA to, to to play the games on the East Coast so that the European guys aren't just wiped out, exhausted by the time they get back because they've done two twenty-hour flights. Yeah, but I mean, I guess it comes down because, uh, you know, with some soccer United marketing and also what, also what stadiums are available, you know, because sometimes there's already other events already planned or games or whatnot. So I guess they go with availability and, and I think, uh, 
ended up having the two games over here. It just worked out that way. It would make more sense the way you say it, though. Yeah, well, you know, they don't ask my opinion. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, the, the, that is the one area, I think, where, where, where Juan Carlos Osorio, I thought, actually did really well. And I, th- and I think we're actually seeing some of that spill over into the Tata Martino regime, whereas in the past, what would happen was they would have these uh, call-ups and everybody would fly to Mexico and they'd play at the, at the Central de Aldo Rendimiento for two or three days and, and they'd fly to San Diego, right? This time, everyone met in San Diego and uh, they even practiced in San Diego today before going up to going up to uh, to, uh, to Santa Clara. So uh, I'm hoping that if you know the one thing that Juan Carlos Osorio was really good at was 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 organization and you know t- trying to get the best out of his players from an administrative standpoint. So hopefully that part of the uh, of the Juan Carlos Osorio legacy stays in Femex food and, and, and from what it looks like it looks like it, already, it looks like it will now Tata Martino did have some pretty strong words for, for the organizers of the of the uh, they, they, they odd and they didn't roll it in until what have a yeah. walkthrough on the field because the field wasn't ready to play and, and he wasn't particularly happy about that Yeah, the team didn't get to practice. Uh, and then there was concerns that the field might not be in good shape. But it ended up having, there was indeed uh, when they did, when they eventually did, uh, when the selection did the field inspection, it was good. It was, it was, it was uh, no complaints there anymore. Did you did you do a field no, inspection? No, because we, we, you, you know, we, busy? we got there late. Because profe, you, you know, profe, profe always, you know, very Profes. very Mexican like that. Yeah. He said twelve and shows up at two. So yeah. Well, see, that was your first. Break. If you wanted to leave at twelve, you should have told him to show up. At no, was this? It was him when we were talking. He said, "I'm gonna be there at twelve. I was like, "Well, I was gonna suggest the same time." <laughs> right. uh, yeah. But when, when I was producing. Longhorns in Espanol, and if I knew we had to be at the airport by four, and I always been at my house, you know, instead of saying, because I was only 20 minutes from the airport, instead of saying, be in my house at 3.30, I would say, be in my house at 2.30, knowing that they would show up at three. <laughs> and then they, you know, then they were actually early. And that worked. They never, they never caught on. <laughs> yeah, I need to start doing that. Yeah, that, 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 that's the, that's, I mean, when it comes to Mexicans, honestly, that's the only way. Someone actually did that to me, and, and I showed up on time. <laughs> it's like, we're just awkwardly waiting. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Exactly. Okay, so uh, so, so you watch the game, who are they scores some goals. Chucky scores a goal. Jimenez scores a goal. Hector Moreno scores a goal. Everyone's happy. The crowd's happy. Did, 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 did they sing Did they sing the, 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 the Chucky Los No. White Stripes? Uh, song? No. No, uh, no, Mexican friends, we don't. We lack creativity 
on this side of the border. Uh, and, and then, you know, the stadiums have cut on, so they put the Celito Lindo song at the, what, 30-minute mark to cue in fans. Hey, hey, don't forget to sing this. Um, yeah, but you said the press box is, is open air, you know. So it was, it was loud, boisterous crowd. I did uh, the corner kick chant. Man, right. it was in full force. Did uh, did some of the funny smells that I smelled at the LA Coliseum? Did that kind of waft into the? No, that wasn't. I didn't know. Those weren't there. It was a more, the more family friendly atmosphere in San Diego. It, indeed, it was. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was. It was very loud crowd, but chant wise, no, not you know, nothing like that. Now, so the game's over three one. Did you go? Did you go to Tata's press conference? Actually, we did. We weren't gonna go, and we ended up, we ended up going to the presser and uh, the Chile guy. Man, he he, uh, the coach who, Colombian as well. So I guess the Chileans also have that, just like Mexicans. <laughs> you, you know, they don't see them high up in the pecking order, and. They were just going at him, and he didn't look very comfortable. Uh, I think his uh, prof is not here, but he was like, this guy's not going to last, man. I I can see it already. He's just, you know. uh, But then Tata came in, and he, you know, he kind of won me over with this. Not not that he needed any winning over, but just uh, went over as – uh, in the sense of his way of being. And he was talking about, he wanted to clarify this comment he had made in regards to uh, Liga MX being more competitive than La Liga. Because he said that. He had said that, uh, you know, he had said that uh, before the match and a bunch of people had criticized right. him, you know, they thought he was just talking out of his ass or just blowing smoke. And he's like, I want to clarify this. No one asked him. He just said, you know what? I'm going to clarify what I meant by this. And he said how because you have these teams that are evenly matched, you know, that because they get to play each other often, that he sees that as being very competitive. He's like, you know, you have small teams in Spain, like you have a Granada. They go up against Barcelona. He's like, that's not competitive. You know, you're getting a baile. How how is that competitive? He's like they're basically competing not to be relegated. And I was like, okay, I see the sense that he's making. You know, where but, I mean, yeah. Why? But why, what do you misinterpret that? I mean, that's when when we've been saying for years that that Liga Mekis is is probably one of the most, if not the most, competitive league on the planet. Because of the fact that the teams are so evenly matched, I mean, it doesn't take a. See, I mean, again, and, 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 and that to me is always, you know, and any 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 time, any coach or player, whatever it is, makes a comment like, uh, "Well, you got or, or, you know, or, or European league why," and people, oh, how dare you? You know, league I make is nowhere near blah 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 blah. 
And then if they say Liga Mekki says nowhere near Liga, you know, European League wide, how dare you Liga Mekki is so much better. So they can never win. They, 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 no one can ever win with, you know, the press and the fans and this and that. Because, you, you, you know, you, you, you can't say anything bad about Liga Mekki's. But then you can't say anything good about Liga Mekki's either. For whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I never thought about it like the way in... Like, I, I did have a similar sim, similar idea, but mm-hmm. I, I just hearing that guy say it, it's like, you know, I was like, yeah, about time. About time. And being that he's, you know, foreigner and, and where he's been, so, I mean, he's taken more serious than than when other people have said it. Uh, so I, I really like that. See, he made a very good point. And there's something that, you know, right here we've talked about. That just because you go abroad doesn't mean that you're going to get better just because you're there. You know? Right. And which is like fans. I always, I don't know. I don't know how this happened where a lot of fans just feel that way. They feel that, oh, just because you got to play against uh, Real or, or or you were there, that like somehow you magically improve. <laughs> I you know, I don't want to get it confused as saying that how you can't get better, you can, but it's not, it's not something that's going to happen automatically. It's a long process. So just going there doesn't mean it's going to happen. It just means you have a chance at, at improving, but it's not automatic. That's why uh, most often than not, we've seen players leave and then come back and, and sometimes they're not they're not better than when they came or, or they, they need to catch up again just because uh, they lost so much playing time. Right. And, you know, this is something that you always point out all the time. You know, how many... Now, again, I know that, the, that, that they export a heck of a lot more players than Mexico, but I mean, there's so many Argentines... Billions that go over to Europe and don't succeed. Yes, you know, not 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 everyone succeeds in Europe, especially if you're Argentine or Brazilian. I always come back. How many players in Liga that are Argentine or Brazilian or whatever are players that? that I mean, Nico yeah. Castillo. Yes, he was a Chilean. He went to Benfica. Didn't work out. He's back in these. Yeah, back in Club America. Yeah. You know, no, no, no. How come no one is saying that he failed? Yeah, and, you know, it's the truth for a lot of the foreigners in Liga MX. Uh, if you see their career, somewhere down the line, they, they spent at least one season in Europe and then just got sent back. It, it's pretty tough. It's a really tough market to break into. Uh, and, and not making it doesn't mean you suck. <laughs> you know, right. it just means you had, it just means you just, you know, sometimes it's just luck, uh, which is one of the points I wanted to make in regards to Jimenez. Right now he's having, you know, he's at the top of his game. He's at a career high. And a big reason for that is because he has a really good agent in uh, Jorge Mendes. And because, uh, you know, when when uh, Jimenez was at Atletico, he... He couldn't break into the first team, and and uh, Cholo just didn't seem to have much trust in him, and he, you know, shipped him off right away as soon as he could, 
and uh, that's why Mendes he 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 ended up going to Benfica, and he 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 later took him to Wolves, and and the big reason he went to Wolves is is because of uh, of of Mendes' connection to the club, to the club owners. So he took. Yeah, well, I mean, Wolves might as well. Excuse uh, me. You say Wolf in Portuguese. They say wolf in Portuguese because that's basically <laughs> what they are. I mean, the coaches yeah. Portuguese have the team. Have the team, and it's all for Mendes. Uh, so I mean, that that played a big role. And so, if it wasn't for Mendes, uh, for for you know, for Jimenez having that backup of of this agent that that you know believed in him and knew he had something there, and and using this influence to put him in clubs, <laughs> Jimenez would be at Monterrey right now. It would be a Tigres, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. would we... Really, absolutely. Yeah, and, and people would have said, hey, he sucked because he went abroad and he couldn't hack it. And it's like, yeah, that's not always true, man. Sometimes you're just at the wrong club, the wrong coach, the wrong teammates. There's so many things that could go wrong. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's not... Well, but let's not also... Let's not forget that... No, Raul... Raul did find him Benfica he, he he played he he started he scored goals for them it was you know, to the point where Chinese yeah on. but China but but you're saying it right there Yon says, no. it, it was the Chinese team offering him he wasn't exactly getting he, any sure his agent with that either <laughs> yeah and then but you know, I, ever since Sure, they're making sixty million dollars. You know, he was the one that he was the one that that uh, that, that put the that put the kibosh on the deal. Jorge Mendes. It wasn't Benfica. It was it was it was Raul Alonso Jimenez, and, and and that frankly is a luxury that he doesn't have. He he wouldn't have had if if many because told him. Uh, went over in uh, in China. It's like you got to go. <laughs> you know, you know, yeah. for the fact that uh, Venice, as you said, was was good. I know. Yeah, he was probably at his last chance. You know, as you pointed out, you know, sometimes you just don't jive with the coach, and he yeah. didn't jive with the coach. Yeah, and he was probably at his last chance as far as like. But he had to the point where Chinese won. Yeah, had he not had right. that breakout season, uh, we most likely he would have been. They would have been sending him back. He would have been with Tigres right now. Well, not right now, but summer transfer window. <laughs> no, but it, it was good. It, it was good. Uh, it was one of the main reasons I wanted to go to the right. game because I wasn't going to yeah. go. But then I was like, okay, Tata's first, Tata's first match. And I get to see RJ, RJ9, and go see what the hype is about. <laughs> and of course, Linus, Linus was there too. Linus. Yeah, Jimenez is a, is a complete forward. He does, the, you know, he does the dirty defensive stuff. He can play the balls there. You know, he plays with both legs. He's a, he's a good header of the ball. 
he, yeah, I mean, he, he, and, and, and he's skilled. He can drift, you know, he crazy pass on the, uh, on the third goal that, you know, Pizarro gets all the credit for making the pass to, uh, to uh, uh, Chucky for the goal, but but he sprung Pizarro even to, so they could even make the pass. So uh, yeah, I mean, I mean Jimenez is a, is a really good player, and it's just really important for Mexico. They seem to get all these really good players in their best soccer a year after the World. This is just. You know, you know, Giovanni and everybody else, you know, the, you know, we, you know imagine, imagine if that was in South Africa instead of Chicago at Soldier Free Schools. You know, what conversations would we, would we be having now? So it's just, you know, the timing has always been a, a little off. But uh, no, he, uh, I mean, personally, I think that Jimenez and Chicharito need to be on the field at the same time. Jimenez and Chicharito? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, I think, I mean, play a four-four-two. Oh, well, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how what Tata's doing right now. I'm guess he's getting a good feel for the squad. Um, I guess the more games, we'll start getting a better picture of of what he of what he wants from the team. Yeah, and then we also have to remember that, uh, you know, Carlos Vela isn't in this call-up. Uh, Hector Herrera isn't in this call-up. So, so there, you know, there's a few guys that have have some opportunities to, to really uh, make a move. And, you know, we'll see how to – the other thing I noticed, the Joel, was that, was that Tata went back. You know, Osorio had four centrales on his back line, you know, even the two guys playing the wing back. And uh, it looks like – Tata's gonna let Mexico have wingbacks again, which is which is frankly good because Mexico. If there's one position where Mexico's always had really talented players, it's been at the wingback position. So it's so it's, it's good to see proper wingbacks in the in the, in the formation again. Yeah, I, I really like uh, I like the style that he's he's trying to implement. Like you said, we've seen it before, and uh, I agree with you. It's something that works. It's worked for Mexico. And uh, yeah, I'm glad to see it back. It was it, we had like uh, JCO was too much concerned with with defending set pieces, so he would sacrifice some of the team's attack. You know, right? And well, you know, it, it worked for him, right? The numbers backed him up. True, and uh, you know, Mexico didn't give up, but like just a handful of uh, of set piece goals. In the uh, in, in in the in the Juan Carlos Osorio era, but at the same time, you know, they, they, they sacrificed a whole bunch of other stuff, and I think that that was one of the uh, the unfortunate uh, one of the unfortunate uh, side effects uh, of the Juan Carlos Osorio era. I mean, like the you know to 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 make. Your 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 back four the most you know as as vulnerable as it was to me was was it was it was just not worth the trade off in my opinion. 
just, uh, just, just not worth the, uh, the, the trade-off there. And, and one thing that you, that you said about Juan Carlos Osorio that has always stuck with me is that Juan Carlos Osorio was more worried about what the other team was doing and not nearly as worried about what his team was doing. Ah, uh, yes. Yes, I always got that impression, which, uh, like you said, it's, it's a big reason, uh, I think Mike's failed against Sweden. You know, right. he had practice and everything, and, and then that game comes and he decides to switch things up. And so I, I felt like that. Instead of playing to the team's strengths, he tried to play to the, you know, to the other team. Yeah, it just, just that whole game was just one gigantic just cluster. It, 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 just, it just didn't work. It was, it was a big mess. But, uh, yeah, well, there, there's always some big coaching error that always catches Mexico. Yeah, and, and you know, like you were talking about one of the most talented, and I think uh, right now this one will be right up there with with the 24, 2018 team, the, the 20, um, 2022 squad has the potential to just, you know, to be just as good because um, Memo will still be there. And you have, uh, you know, we have like Salcedo Montes who got, you know, he's, he's looks to feature again. Uh, and then, of course, Chucky Linus, very young guys. Edson Alvarez, he's, he's really impressive. I think, uh, I do think these three guys and they're Americanistas, so much as it hurts, hurts Yon. <laughs> this, I think those three guys are going to be key players. Going into this next cycle, I could see Linus, Alvarez, and Jimenez just playing a very in, integral role, as well as Memo, who's also Americanista. So he's yeah. going to have a America heavy. And I was telling uh, telling our friend from the Eagle Eye podcast, because Ivan ended up ended up uh, after the match hanging out with us. It oh, was those Chivas you Aguila, huh? Because, cause, uh, you know, Profit was very unclear. He just said, yeah, Joel and I and some dude are, are going to are going to Gordon Pierce or something. And I was like, okay, just pick up somebody off the street. Profit was starving. And he, yeah, we did, we planned it wrong, Yon, because we, we should have podcasted uh, after the match. But Profit didn't have his, like, ear set. And then, and then his phone was like broken. Oh my god! <laughs> his phone was weird. He tried to take pictures, and it looked like he was putting some underwater effect, like if he oh. had some filter to make it look like you were under the sea or something. <laughs> so it was like gonna be tough. So I was like, "Oh man!" <laughs> but yeah, we need we need to plan it better so that uh, we could have been doing it while. Doing it, doing the podcast while, you know, in the mix right there in the, in the mixed media zone and just after the match. I mean, I tried like talking. I joined the, a chat group through discourse and I just couldn't hear anything because of how loud it was. Which, which is our, our next project there, Yon, for that? Cantina. Huh? What, what project is that? 
it's like we would like to do like uh, chats. So during a game, for example, we all join one one like chat room where you could talk. Usually you use oh, okay. the Discourse app. And uh, you just got to keep the groups not that big because then everyone's talking. <laughs> that's, that's probably like the only the only down thing that can be that many people since everyone okay, starts. Well, I mean, yeah, well, here's, here's the message I got from, from, from Professor. Headed with, with Jolie and one more dude. <laughs> uh, uh, Prophet. No, it was Ivan. Ivan from the Eagle Eye. Yeah, and then, then Prophet says, damn, I can't make the Enya. I don't know <laughs> what that means. <laughs> oh, so then man. I said, ask, ask the dude to help you. Oh, he showed me that. I, I didn't know what that was. No, no wonder. I, like, I get it now. I remember seeing that text, and I, I didn't know what you were talking yeah. about. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, because yeah. he said that he has, you know, it, was, it, was, it was Jolie and some dude. Jolie and some dude. Oh, man. Well, well I probably need to, to wrap this up here because I've I've had a, I've been up since since like 4 o'clock this morning. So long day. A very long day for me. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, you know, we had a, you know, good conversation here. You know, we, we kept it, you know, interesting. You know, one thing I like about the Cantina Mackey's podcast is that we, yes, we'll talk, you know, well, we'll talk soccer. It's what we do. We're talking to you guys, Mackey's. But, but we want to give our, our listeners kind of a, kind of a, a full experience of, of, of what it is to be a, a media professional in, 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 in attending one of these matches. And, you know, you know, you know, give, giving them the skinny on, you know, you know, sometimes at the CS it is nice to go to these games and, you know, blah, blah, blah. We, you know, we get that. But, you know, we're there for a reason. You know, we're there to work. And, you know, it, it, it's not as glamorous as it sounds. But then, you know, there are a couple of perks that have that, 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 that one gets here and there to, to work these. And I'm, I'm personally, as, as much as I am interested in, in uh, you know, seeing what happens and following the action and following the action on the field, you know, I also like to get the, you know, you know, you know, you can get the barometer of, you know, what happens in the press box and like the, the little clicks that there are in the press box, you know, that stuff always cracks me up. Like they have like all the, you know, all the, the, the Fox Deportes guys that are, you know, that like, I went to a game in Denver, uh, I guess it was uh, in 2017 in the gold cup in 2017. And they're just sitting there just being just, just, just these, I mean, they're, they're acting like the quote-unquote cool kids. It was just cracking me up. It's like, you guys are just hilarious. It's like, you know, they, 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 it was so obvious that we're doing it for the attention. I mean, no one else was saying anything except these clowns are just sitting there just, just yucking it up. It's like, you know, it's, 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 it's like, how bad are your ratings, guys, that you guys think you have to do this in the press, by the way? Uh, it just was a, was a very interesting uh, dynamic. And, you know, and, and, and I've seen others where, uh, it's a little. I mean, I, I once sat next to a, a, a journalist. I'm not going to mention names, but uh, it, the game hasn't hadn't even started yet. It hadn't even started yet, and 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 in the first line he wrote of his first piece that obviously was ever evolving was the first line he wrote was 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 fracaso completo de Osorio was the first <laughs> line he wrote. This was before the game had even started. So, Are you so sure his, it wasn't me? No. <laughs> So this no, was, I'm just messing. I'm just messing. Was, you know, you know, his his inclination was, and his hope, uh, 
was for for Mexico to just lay a complete egg, which which frankly, uh, sadly, I th- I think is is is, is the hope of ninety five percent of the of, of the of the press, but the Mexican press particularly because I think the American the Mexican American press is uh, they're on on the average a little more optimistic, but the Mexican press I mean, they've gotten so cynical that that they would rather Mexico lose so they can bitch about it. Than Mexico win and have and have no idea what to talk about. Yeah, that's that's been the point. The losing and the doing bad. It's it's always seems more ratings, more talking points. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's uh, so so that 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 to me is a, a dynamic that I've always found very interesting. Is uh, I mean, it just it's. Yeah, just just yeah, it's uh, it's it is what it is. So uh, how how was our boy Weasel? He's he was there, he's working. He was he was very busy. Um, he had to be filming some uh, some videos, and then he had to edit. So I mean, we talked, we hung out a bit, uh, but overall, man, not not as much as other times, just because how busy he was. So he was he was editing. Yeah, yeah, he's he's doing some videos uh, oh, for uh, his website. Really good stuff. Yeah, they do a lot of oh, video stuff. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah, the Food Mix Nation they they do a lot of video stuff now, and uh, for the be- for their Twitter and for their Facebook, so they they do a lot of more. I think that's like their strength. Like they'll do like some video. Um, like interviews and whatnot, but but more through video now. Right, because no one because no one reads anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and very few people actually like like reading an article. So that's that's kind of where it's going to now. Either just like podcast, or you're showing a video, and that's. As far as you go, you're not gonna get as many reads. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Very, uh, very unfortunate. Very unfortunate. All right, sir. Well, Joel, always a pleasure to have you uh, have uh, a conversation with you on the Cantina Mekis podcast. Uh, we'll probably do it. Maybe we might even uh, get to do it uh, tomorrow. We'll see how how things work out for us. So we'll see how that works out. But anyway, Hoyt, I will let you go. I know you got to get back to work. I better get to bed. So uh, thank you guys very much for joining us here in the Cantina Mekis podcast. Uh, on behalf of Hoyt Aceves, my name is John Jagu. And we will hopefully talk to you guys tomorrow, maybe after the uh, Mexico match against uh, Paraguay. And uh, maybe we'll do something crazy and actually do it. Uh, we might uh, podcast during the match, which... Uh, I think Joel, uh, maybe we'll look into that that discourse thing. Maybe we'll figure out how to how to make that make that make that thing work tomorrow. How do you make this thing work? Anyway, Joel, uh, yes. thanks very much for joining us, and thank you, loyal listeners, for joining us here in the Cantina Podcast. We'll talk to you next time. Bye.